Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Spencer Fernando contacted me concerning listeners to this program, strongly suggesting to him that I speak about his column, I Survived Communism and Are You Ready for Your Turn? Spencer Fernando joined us on the show, and here's how that went. Let me read you something. This is from uh, The Hill, the, the newspaper that reviews what's going on in Washington, D.C. And uh, read you a few lines. It's uh, by Alexander Markovsky. He's a senior fellow at the London Center for Policy Research. And he writes, It seems that socialism is like an infectious disease that everyone has to get ill of to develop immunity. As Alexander Solzhenitsyn pointed out, for us in Russia, communism is a dead dog, while for many people in the West, it is still a living lion. This dead dog expelled from Russia acquired a new life in the United States and regained vitality to become a living lion within the Democratic Party. The 2018 Democratic victory in the midterms brought new Marxist arrivals to the House of Representatives who are interpreting the elections as an endorsement of socialist policies. They dropped all of the pretensions, no liberals, no progressives. They are proud Marxist-Leninists driven by the ideology and committed to converting this country into the United Socialist States of America. This militant crowd is comprised of uninformed and misinformed people looking at themselves as unfortunate, underpaid, underappreciated victims of capitalism, overwhelmed with jealousy that there are people who are everything they are not. They are the face of the new Democratic Party, not the one in Canada, the new Democratic Party in the United States. We have been not, we shall be all. All right. Why did I read that? Well, because my next guest got in touch with me a few days ago and uh, let me know that uh, a listener to this program suggested that I uh, pay attention to something that my guest published on his website, which I did, and then I contacted my guest. I said, let's talk. Spencer Fernando joins me on The Roy Green Show, spencerfernando.com. You have a lot of uh, a lot of dedicated followers, my friend. Yeah, well, thank you. It seems like uh, people like to read what I'm writing. Yeah, and, uh, and, and I'm one of them. I appreciate it. So uh, the column is, I Survived Communism, Are You Ready for Your Turn? An Important Warning for Canada, written by Susanna... Yanosova Denbor. So, why did you? Let me ask you this first of all, Spencer. Why did you run that particular piece at this time? Well, I think if you look at what's happening in Canada and much of the Western world, but especially in Canada, is there really seems to be an effort to? Um, it's it's it. They say it's about the environment, but it really seems like it's about demonizing uh, capitalism, uh, demonizing the energy industry, really demonizing the source of our wealth. And I thought it was very interesting to see someone who had been through communism in Czechoslovakia saying that she's now seeing some disturbing similarities uh, in people who call themselves the environmental movement and the communism that she experienced. What's the reaction been from your readers? I mean, it got, yeah, it got 7.7 thousand shares uh, on Facebook alone, I think a few thousand more on Twitter. So definitely people are reacting to it, and uh, it's gotten a lot of attention. And I think a lot of people, I've even had people uh, who were uh, who are in Canada now but were from Latin America and went through some socialist regimes there, uh, saying that it's it's the same thing. They're seeing a lot of similarities, the rhetoric, uh, the demonization of businesses, of success, 
And uh, it's, I think it's quite concerning. It is, and it's something that I'm seeing more of as well. That's one of the reasons I asked you to come on and talk about this. I see more emails now, more communication from people across this country, either who have an experience with socialism. They might have come from Hungary, Czechoslovakia, the former Czechoslovakia. They might have come from. They might have lived in East Germany. I pointed out in an email to you. I have uh, extended family members uh, who, when they were young men climbed across the wall that separated East and West Germany, and they came under fire by East German border guards who were firing submachine guns at them. Yeah. The idea was to keep them enslaved, literally, in, uh, in, in the communist eastern zone. So uh, part, of the, uh, part of the essay reads, communism is about intolerance for different ideas and ideals. It enslaves the masses, threatens and punishes them if they wish to throw off the yoke, and uses violence to do so. So we look at East Germany, Hungary, Poland, Czechoslovakia, the wall between East and West Germany, uh, and yet it, it, is a, it seems to be a growing uh, attractive option for a lot of folks in, in North America. Not a majority, but a significant number. Why? Well, I think it's because I think the people pushing it really, um, they never gave up on it. I think there was really the feeling that, okay, uh, communism was defeated and discredited, so all the people who are pushing for it in the West will realize their mistake and just go away. But uh, that's not what's happened. I think they've rebranded it. They realize that environmentalism, which is interesting. I mean, environment, environmentalism, when it started, was really about getting rid of pollution and cleaning up uh, the environment. But it's really morphed into something different, which now that's, I think, the link of socialism and communism, and it's about controlling people's uh, economic choices. A good example is, I mean, the fact that Canada, I mean, we're already in many ways carbon neutral because of our forests. We have the best regulations in terms of our oil industry, uh, best regulations in terms of workers' rights, environmental uh, protection. But yet we're still told that we have to accept a lower standard of living, accept more taxes, more government control, because of a problem that's really being caused by emissions going up in China. So it's, it's very concerning to see that people are being told they have to make sacrifices uh, when it's really not Canada's fault. Yeah, and if, if you and I were to say, were to suggest environmentalism is the new communism, we would be written off as right-wing nuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet it's the former president, uh, former Czech president, Vaclav Klaus, who wrote that in an article. Yeah. And then you also, in the, in the, in the essays, there's a quote from the co-chair of the United Nations IPCC, uh, working Group 3, during an interview with a Swiss newspaper in 2010, said, quote, We must free ourselves from the illusion that international climate policy is environmental policy. We must state clearly that we use climate policy de facto to redistribute the world's wealth. Not much coverage. Nope. And, I mean, if you look at the Paris Climate Accord, for example, it's, I mean, it lets China and India uh, keep polluting for at least 15 years, keep increasing their emissions for 15 years, uh, well, countries like Canada, where emissions actually have been for some time going down anyway, it tells us to make even more restrictions. And then they get into the thing where they say, oh, well, you know, the, the rich countries that benefited from industrialization, they need to give more money to the poor countries. So that's redistribution of wealth on a global scale, which, again, that's exactly what the communists were talking about. So it seems like they figured out that if you call something environmentalism and you sell things very similar to communism, then... You know, it's like a rebranding effort, and it's been disturbingly successful. It is interesting that today, on the day you and I uh, are speaking, I didn't know this, obviously didn't know this uh, column was going to be published in The Hill, and yet here it is, America, the new socialist frontier, 
And uh, the writer writes uh, that socialism, communism, is uh, the living lion within the Democratic Party, that it's on the rise in the United States. Well, it definitely seems like it is. And I think, uh, you know, a big problem uh, is the education system. And that is addressed in in the article as well. But uh, I think you have a lot of people um, who, you know, they they don't teach anything good about capitalism. They never talk about capitalism except to say how bad it is. Mm -hmm. And they don't explain how it's brought a lot of wealth uh, to our society, how even poor people in capitalist countries tend to live better than the middle class, so-called, in communist countries. And so I think it, it's demonized constantly. It's considered something evil. And now the new evil, it's not that it's, uh, you know, making the world unequal, they say, but now it's, it's destroying the planet. So if kids grow up only hearing how bad capitalism is, then, you know, when they get to the point where they're voting, then they're going to be voting for people who say they're socialist or environmental socialism, whatever they want to call it. But uh, it's, it's really an indoctrination process. And I don't recall, and I've been on this planet for some time, I don't recall reading about, hearing about, witnessing even relatively few numbers of people trying to escape the West to, uh, to head to the communist East in the days of the, uh, the Cold War. It just didn't happen. On the opposite direction, people were constantly trying to escape the, the communist countries and get to, to, uh, to the Western nations as, as fast as they possibly could. Well, yeah, I mean, they say people vote with their feet, right? And so yeah. people always try to leave communist countries. They always try to get to Western capitalist countries. And that really doesn't get mentioned too much. And, I mean, again, it's, it's you know, why do all the communist countries have to basically use force and violence to keep their people from leaving? Yeah. If the system was so great, then people would want to stay there. Like Mr. Trudeau's hero, Fidel Castro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, no one tries to get from Cuba or from Miami to Cuba. It's all from Cuba to Miami. Yeah. And, uh, it's, you know, it's, it seems like, as you said at the start, every generation seems to somehow need to learn this lesson over again. Try socialism, see how horrible a failure it is, grudgingly accept capitalism, but next generation says, oh, maybe we'll try socialism again. Maybe sure. it'll work this time. Well, I found it really fascinating. It's a good read. It's a really interesting read from somebody who actually lived in a communist country, who lived with socialism, and who writes about it and warns Canadians about what the realities are of socialism and communism. Uh, Spencer, thank you very much for the time. I, I, I enjoy your, your website. I visit it regularly, and uh, I hope we can talk again. I appreciate it. Thank you. All the best. Spencer Fernando, and it's spencerfernando.com. Okay, so let me ask you. We'll just do this for a few minutes. At 800-263-2428. 1-800-263-2428. You can tell me I'm a right-wing nut, or, you know, you can... You can say whatever you wish. But here's my question. Do you believe that we are being steered toward a loss of personal freedoms and a socialist way of life by the extreme left, with mainstream political parties either signing on to this or not having the courage to challenge what is taking place? Or do you think worries about socialism and communism overtaking our way of life in North America is utter nonsense. 1-800-263-2428. Do you believe we're being steered toward a loss of personal freedoms and a socialist way of life by the extreme left with mainstream political parties either agreeing or not having the courage to challenge what is taking place 
Or do you think all of these worries about socialism or communism overtaking our way of life in North America is utter nonsense? And then you can, uh, if you wish, you can go to thehill.com and just have a look at uh, the article, America, the New Socialist Frontier, and visit Spencer Fernando's web page at uh, spencerfernando.com. Or let's go to your calls and hear your thoughts on socialism, communism. Is it really encroaching on our North American way of life? Are we being programmed and denied our freedoms? Or is that just right-wing paranoia? Daniel's in Vancouver. How are you, Daniel? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing today? Good, sir. Thank you for the call. Thanks for the call. Um, I just wanted to start off by saying that uh, my grandparents and my mother actually escaped communist Poland before 89. And so I have a pretty good understanding, obviously, of what that was like. And, you know, you couldn't buy anything in stores. I mean, everything was locked up because you couldn't trade with anybody, Um, you know, things like that. But I think... You know, me being younger and, and growing up in Canada, um, compared to my my parents' age um, back in the 80s, you know, they, for example, uh, my stepdad there, he worked at Safeway, earned $18 an hour, and could buy a home for under $100,000 to $150,000 within the city. Now, you know, they say a living wage here in Vancouver is, you know, $20 an hour, and houses are $1.5 million. I mean, what you know, even if you make $150,000 a year, to even get your 10% down payment, how long is that going to take while, you know, trying to maintain, uh, you know, trying to live at the same time? So so where is this taking us? This is taking me to the problem of foreign investment in Vancouver that's completely ruining the market for us young people. I mean... So, so but let me add, because the question is all about whether we're drifting toward or whether we're being directed toward or whether we're self-directing toward... Uh, a socialist way of life, uh, if you will, a, a communist way of life. I think a lot of young people are drifting that way because they can't afford anything. They, it's it's such a society now that unless you have a handout from your parents for a down payment, you literally can't do anything about it. You know, your your hands are tied. So, so is the is the sense then that that would change in a in a in a socialist system? Because you know, there in in Russia, for example, or the Soviet Union in Russia was the, mm-hmm. the lead nation in the USSR. You, you, couldn't, you weren't allowed to go and shop in, uh, in, in many stores if you were a Soviet citizen because they were only available to, uh, to, to Western visitors. And, yeah. and if you were allowed to go and shop, this was quite literally true, you might find one shoe, but not the matching shoe. You'd have to go back sometime later when you'd been able to save enough money to buy the other shoe. Of course. And, you know, we, I understand the issues of socialism and, and uh, communism, too. But I think the, the biggest question is, is, you know, a lot of people are getting upset because they can't do anything yeah, about yeah. it. So if they can't do anything about it, what... So you look for an alternative. So you look what for an alternative. Exactly. And, and so, so when you have somebody like uh, uh, Alexandria, was it Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, uh, she said some completely inane things, but she's been elected to the uh, to the to the House of Representatives in the United States, mm-hmm. and so she's a very she's an avowed socialist. Uh, is, is she? She's twenty nine years of age. Is she attractive? Not in the, no, I don't mean in the physical sense. Is she attractive from the political perspective to to maybe the millennials who you're describing? Are they looking at her as 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 somebody who represents maybe where they want to be going as far as I... philosophy is concerned? 
I think in a sense, maybe. I think what a lot of people my in my age group, they're just they're not informed enough. I mean, yeah. I think the way they see it is, you know, they see that a certain percentage of the world controls a certain percentage of the wealth, and you know, the corporations keep getting richer and richer and richer. But, wow, yeah, but that's—I you know, mean—that's—that's the, that's just the, that's the whole idea behind capitalism because you know companies are going to do better. Remember that the remember the number one employer is the small business person in of Canada, course. and a company does better and they can invest more, they can hire more. But then you point you point me toward offshore jobs, and I have no comeback for that. Um, is this is this something we should talk about in more uh, in more detail? Is is this a subject worth? It is a subject worth exploring more deeply because you've just explained to me what the, you know, what your perspective is and what the perspective is for for many millennials. And it's I'm not hearing this for the first time, by the way. Yeah, no, and this, I mean the thing is, at the end of the day, I mean we 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 grew up in this system. We understand this system. I mean, yeah. but the problem is the system's failing us. So what do we do? Like, what what are our alternatives? Even. You know, you go to UBC, you get your education, you know, even if you're making... Do you know what? I have, to, I have to stop you because we only have a few seconds. I'm going to carry this over. But before you choose something else, make sure it's better than what you've got. True. Of course. I, I, don't, I, I don't disagree. I just... If we could come up with some alternatives together to make it affordable for this next... Hang generation. on. Hang on. Daniel, don't go away. I'm going to come back and talk some more. Back to Daniel in Vancouver. We're going to wrap up with Daniel. Take some more calls. I did not expect Daniel this kind of response. It was huge. It is huge. Well, I mean, you know, talking about any millennial that lives here in Vancouver, I mean, I think we're all feeling the same struggle. Yeah, I, I get that. But you know, you're talking about a national policy for a national, for a country. There are parts of the country where getting a home, finding a home, is is not nearly as as challenging as it is in, in, in British Columbia or in Vancouver. This is why I said, before we, before, before we jump to another system or show enthusiasm mm-hmm. for another system, make sure it's better. Learn something. I'm not talking to you directly, but generically. Learn something I, about it. Find out I what mean, it's about. I mean, I know Calgary, for instance, you can still buy a home for 400000 I mean, I was born and raised there. I understand that. Yeah. But I mean, for people that were born here, people that were, you know, want to continue. So, so here's, my, here's, my question, here's my question for you. Yeah. Is the is is the idea of socialism at all attractive to you? To me personally, no, because I wouldn't be able to run my business with it, and okay. I wouldn't and I wouldn't be able to have it. But I mean, the what what we have here in this country, especially for either subcontractors or other type of individuals, I mean, there's no there's no law protecting our our wages anymore. There's like you know, as prices increase, there's nothing. To increase our wages with it, and I mean, I know we try to stay within that fifteen dollars an hour, and that's what you know Alberta's implemented. That's what BC is trying to implement here shortly. Um, but I mean, wages have not kept up with you know the growing cost of living. I think that you know that that's a, a fact, and that we can agree on. I mean, do you not agree? Yeah. On that? I, well, I <laughs> yeah, um, yes and no. That's not a fair answer, but it really is the answer I'm going to give you because I don't have a lot of time. Yes and no, but I I really I, I'm telling you that if you if you lived in a communist reality you'd have mm. nothing you know really you would be struggling to put a to literally put food and borscht on the table Daniel I appreciate the call thank you so much sir we'll talk about this again John is also in Vancouver and uh, John you grew up in the Soviet Union I, I I did I moved here when I was ten years old I'm uh, in my other side of my thirties so I'm thirty six and. Uh, 
I think there's a couple of things we need to point out. One is, are we talking about a political system or a system of capital? Because socialism versus capitalism, there is one simple fact. Capitalism has lifted out more people into middle class than any other system in the world. So that is a win for me. And I remember growing up in the Soviet Union, I remember the empty stores. I remember parents coming back with a bag of potatoes. And we were a fairly well-to-do family because they had dug some government connections. But what I'm seeing is capitalism has lost its way. And what's happening is socialism is coming in, trying to compensate. Capitalism used to employ people. It used to give them fair wages. Now we've become a country... And the Western world has become driven by corporate profits. The stock, stock market drives everything. It's all about making the profit, not about paying the people. Yeah, you know, it's, it, when, you, when, you, when thousands of people lose their jobs, it's difficult to, difficult to convince them that it's, they're working in a good system. I, I, know, I know exactly what you mean, but I think that's the biggest thing. Is, um, you know, that's interesting when, what you said, though, that capitalism has lost its way. And, and, or, or, or is ignoring the fundamentals of what made it so, such a success. There was the, uh, job protection and wages were protected in, in a way by unions, which coexisted in the, in the capitalist world in the 60s and 70s until you know the 80s rolled in, and that started falling away because the corporate interests wanted to move things overseas, wanted to consolidate and get rid of unions and wages to increase the corporate profits, yeah. the shareholder incomes. You know, if you're making a profit to then remove people from their work just to increase the profit is a recipe for pushback. And pushback eventually can be very severe. You have to remember why you're doing what you're doing. And we already live. We talked about this earlier and we've spoken to an expert on artificial intelligence on the show a couple of months ago. We already know that 30 to 40 percent, or at least this is his prediction, and it's been su- supported by others who know far more than I do, but 30 to 40 percent of existing jobs are going to disappear because of artificial intelligence anyway. Absolutely. And who's, who's getting away with artificial intelligence development? It's China, a communist country. They're taking lead in uh, computing and artificial intelligence. <laughs> it, it, really, it, up over there. it really, the world is really spinning in a counterclockwise direction, isn't it? It is indeed, sir. Um, that's, that's my two cents, but... Uh, you know, I, I have been told by my uh, slightly older and wiser colleagues who live in Alberta saying, you know what, if you're going to go out on the town and have a good Saturday night with $50 in your pocket versus $100 in your pocket, you can get that $150 in your pocket in Calgary. And you can have a much better Saturday night and uh, have more fun and yeah. have a house. Had you been in Moscow in the 1960s or 1970s, you wouldn't have been, wouldn't have been able to go out on the town. For a nice no, time. No, Period. It, it, it was controlled. You couldn't go out exactly. to a uh, bar. There was no bars. There were no bars. There was un- underground ga- gatherings. I remember watching Rambo 3, where he was fighting the Soviets in Afghanistan in an underground basement on a ancient television on a VHS tape that was smuggled in. That's how you got your non-Soviet films. I was wow. eight years old. I was shocked that Rambo was taking out all the Russians. Yeah. I was really shocked. <laughs> but that, that was the communist uh, brainwashing. Thank you, John. Thank you so much for your call. Thank you very much, Roy. All the best. Bye-bye. Take care. Uh, I spoke with um, a uh, Cuban expat who was living in Miami, and he and some others would fly their little Cessna planes over to Cuba, and they would drop leaflets on Havana, 
leaflets that were counter to Fidel Castro and uh, critical of the communist, the vicious communist government of Castro. So they were flying these little Cessna planes. And as they were turning back, as they turned back to uh, to get back to, to Florida, it's like 90 miles, they were attacked by MiG-29 jets, the most advanced jets the uh, the Russians had, the Soviets still at the time. I spoke to this man on the air. And he described how his friend, who was in a little Cessna, was shot down by this MiG-29 because they'd been dropping pamphlets, leaflets on Havana. So they used a MiG-29, one of the world's most sophisticated fighter planes, against a little uh, little Cessna. Just shot him out of the sky. Marius in Calgary, 60 seconds. Marius, you've been very patient. Thank you. Go ahead, sir. Hi, Roy. Thank you for having me on the show. And um, I apologize about my accent. I'm one of those people who came from an ex-communist country. I don't hear any accent. many, actually. I don't hear any accent. I just hear you speaking English. <clears throat> exactly, yeah. So uh, sometimes it accentuates over the phone. But my point is, I was listening to what you were discussing there with Daniel. And uh, he is the perfect, like with all due respect to him, he is the perfect example of um, how millennials here are confused and misguided. Um, I grew up in Romania under communism. I'm not going to you know, mention all the hardships over there. But uh, I would like to to put a message out there for everybody listening. Uh, be careful, because once you get entrenched into communism and once it develops deep roots, it's going to be very, very hard to, to steer on the on the right path. And uh, Romania is going exactly through that. We're still trying to recover from the mentality and the indoctrination. Um, Quick question in the, in the few seconds we have left. Do you sense that there's an attraction to socialism in this country? Absolutely. And I think it's being promoted in schools more than anything. I think, uh, you know, lots of students, lots of kids out there, I agree with you. Kids are are voting without having real life experience. They're voting from uh, you know, pretty much uh, whatever teachers have been putting in their heads. Yeah, I agree with you. And um, I've got to go, Marius. I have to run, but thank you so much for the call, and I, I completely concur. I agree with you completely. Thanks for the call, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. We have to talk about this again. If you want to hear more, subscribe to the Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.